Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Teeter Green Golf Podcast. We're excited that you decided to join with us today, and we look forward to sharing with you some critical information from our guests this afternoon. Coming off the heels of Women's History Month, Tita Green Golf Podcast will feature two women during the month of April. And today we have Petrina King. Petrina is the founder of Golf Women Mean Business. She has positioned Golf Women Mean Business to stand as the leading authority in business golf. Based out of Atlanta, Georgia, in addition to golf, Petrina devotes her time to investing in youth and educating professional women on how to leverage golf for business. Aside from her golf women mean business responsibilities, she's an avid sports fan, community partner, and member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. From the Tita Green Fairways, please help me welcome Petrina to Tita Green Golf Podcast. Petrina, welcome and thank you for being with us this afternoon. Hello, Victor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. And listen, I, I, I'm appreciative of the Alpha Kappa Alpha piece of your bio because I am part of your brother organization as a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So this is even more special for me this afternoon. And we look forward to learning a little bit more about Golf Women Mean Business. Absolutely. First family. You know, always, always excited to talk to first family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as I had the opportunity to look at your website and understand your bio, I think one of the things that stood out to me is that you have become a pioneer and carved a significant footprint in golf, specifically the Atlanta area. But more globally, if you think of what you're doing with Golf Women Mean Business, I'm sure that it has stretch and, and growth potential. Can you talk to us about the motivation for establishing Golf Women Mean Business? Sure thing. So there's a long story that I won't even go into the entire thing um, behind that. But the motivation behind starting Golf Women Mean Business was based on a blown opportunity. I was on the golf course. Um, I Well, let me back up. I've been playing golf since the age of five, competitive since the age of seven. I played throughout high school, had 36 golf scholarship offers. I took none of those because I did not like golf like that um, because there were no females. I was playing with all guys. So after all of that, I, you know, took my talents to the business world and I started playing golf for business. And because my life had always been um, competitive golf, I blew a business opportunity competing with the person I was trying to get business from. Mm -hmm. And so because um, I didn't know the difference between that, I did not take that time and use it wisely, um, that uninterrupted time uh, with that decision maker, I didn't use it wisely. And, you know, a lot of women don't get that opportunity to get a CEO straight up decision maker on the golf course to, you know, just you and that person alone for two and a half hours. 
And um, yeah, I blew it. <laughs> so based on that, uh, that's really where golf women in business came from. Well, that's an interesting story. And so I'm, I'm even more interested, but maybe we don't have time today to understand how 36 golf scholarships came your way and you accepted none of them. So I, I can only imagine that there are some parents that may be listening to the podcast that are thinking, hmm, golf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about that. It's, I'll, I'll keep everything on the shorter version. <laughs> but so the how they came my way, my dad is an avid golfer. He taught me how to play, and he had been playing for years. He taught himself how to play. He's actually um, coached a couple of people on the tour currently. Um, but he won't. We're okay. from a small town in southern Georgia, so we don't brag. So mm -hmm. I can never tell people who those people are. Mm -hmm. But um, he, you know, had his own network of people. And then he had, you know, being who he was and then had a daughter um, in the south, um, black and competitive. It was a no brainer. It was like I was a unicorn. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I really could have taken a dart and threw it and said, okay, I'm going here, you know, um, but because of my experience, so that was the positive side, the negative side to, or the downside to being in that small town and um, not having so much experience is you kind of believe the world looks like your small town. Mm -hmm. And so I did not realize if I go to college and play golf, there will be females this time versus all the boys and all the men like my experience in getting into golf and playing golf was just not a fun one it was you know i'm in the south my dad said do it i do it you don't ask questions you just do it so um as soon as i got the opportunity to say no i said no um somehow my coach at the time got my dad to agree not necessarily agree, but to basically leave me alone <laughs> with my decision because he wasn't happy about it. <laughs> um, so I will say I did pay for my own college. Um, now, one day you and I can sit down over drinks and I can tell you how that's going. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but um, I'm responsible, you know, I was responsible for my entire, um, you know, college education myself because I basically left a lot of money on the table. Um, if I were to do it again, um, yeah, I would probably take the scholarships just because I don't have to pay. You know, I wouldn't have to pay for college, but, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not a um, diehard golf person. So, you know, when you are playing golf 24-7, I will probably get burnt out because I had to do that for so long growing up. So. Yeah, I think that's a profound story and. For so many of us that grow up, whether it's the deep rural South or parts of urban America, we don't know what we don't know until in some cases it's too late. And whether it was you in the rural South playing golf and really not having this vision of what possibilities could be, or me growing up in the Chicagoland area and in some ways having a similar experience to you, it's exciting to see that despite that initial moment, we did find golf and we found out what golf could become. And in your case, you're creating a whole different narrative 
around what golf can be and impacting those individuals who look very much like you, specifically from a from a gender standpoint. Want to make yes. a want to make a quick transition. And when you and I first spoke on the phone, you made a point to distinguish business golf from recreational golf. And I remember me diving into that a little bit and then you and I going a little further. Can you talk to the Tita Green listeners about how you distinguish business golf from recreational golf? Because I think, again, for many of us, it begins to allow us to enjoy the sport while creating separate pathways. Yes. Okay, so to put it simply, um, business golf, how I teach it, business golf is solely for relationship building. Um, and that is, you do have to know the game. You have to understand the game and you don't have to be good. You just gotta be fast. <laughs> they say if you can't play good, play fast. Um, you just have to know uh, what to do in the situations. So you're not out there to compete. There, c competition doesn't exist in business golf, really, unless you decide that's the case. But initially, it's not. Now, recreational golf, um, there is normally some level of competition, mm -hmm. and that those levels vary. It could be, you know, very okay. I'm going to shoot 136 today. You know, you're going to shoot 132, and we're going to be happy, but that 132 still won. You know, mm -hmm. we know that's not the best, <laughs> the best score. <laughs> you know, it's just it's some level of competition, and there's some type of scorekeeping. In business golf, you're not even keeping score. You don't really care. You're just really out there enjoying the environment, getting to know the person that you're with or the people that you're with, and understanding if this is a relationship that you want to continue after this golf round is over. That, that's actually, that's really, really good. And, and I think the other piece in that, that I'd also like to, to touch on is when you think about business golf and the impact of networking, can you talk about how you took it from being competitive, someone who ultimately earned the eye of another number of colleges and now you're in this professional space and, and deeply involved in community activities. What does business golf look like specifically when it comes to networking and, and leveraging the golf for something greater, whether that be personally or for community? Um, let me make sure I understand the question. So coming, so to answer one part of that, because the first thing that came to mind was my dad isn't there, so that's why I enjoy it more. <laughs> like, it was very easy for me to go from, you know, being super competitive to just doing business because it's more about getting to know people. I didn't necessarily mm. have friends um, go growing up in golf because okay. it was the guys. And, of course, I was a female, so the guys always tried to beat me, and I had something to prove. Mm -hmm. So um, it was not fun. You know, so the fact that I didn't have to do that anymore, that was the easy switch for me coming from competitive to business. Now, the other part of your question, um, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I think for many of us today, for as much as we enjoy golf from a recreational standpoint, what tends to happen is we learn about one another 
And golf has always been a sport where business is done. At least when I came out of undergrad, that was the message that was communicated to me. And so when you think about business golf and how you've leveraged that, what wisdom would you provide our listeners today to help them think about golf differently? Not losing the fun of this sport, but how to go about building relationships, sustaining those relationships, and allowing those relationships to be a part of your success personally or professionally. Okay, um, so I think I, I got it. Um, so a, a little bit about the part that you said when you got out of college, it, it's always been a networking sport, which is true. Um, but that, it, it, that is a little bit different for women um, who did not necessarily grow up or know anything about golf or haven't been around it. Um, because like my dad taught me, once you get on the golf course, you're there to beat them down period. They're no friends. Um, that works well for men, like men or boys, you know, you guys will fight, you know, fist fight and then go have a drink or, you know, talk, <laughs> talk about how to fight. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you're pretty good, man. Um, so for women, it's not necessarily that case. Um, if we are told, if we're told to go out and beat you, we kind of, we're, we're more emotional, and I have no psychological uh, findings on this, this is just my thoughts, mm -hmm. but we um, get, we're, we're, if we're out to beat you, we don't like you, um, you're my competition, and it kind of stays there, we're nice, we're cordial, but we're not going to hang out after that, if the sole purpose is to just beat you, mm -hmm. um, so um, what I would say and a lot of that, it's just so much to that answer because the only time you really see golf is on at the highest level on television. Mm -hmm. um, you don't necessarily show up like at the parks. You can go watch people play amateur basketball and whatever. That's not the case for golf. So when it comes to building relationships, you can't really see that from the TV. But um, if you can get out there and just play and, and know the rules and the etiquette, everything kind of falls into place naturally. Like there's no real formula because after, you know, let's say we go out to the golf course and you're the president of so-and-so and I'm the secretary of so-and-so. Initially you think your title, your um, position in life or wherever is better than mine until I see you shank your ball. And so when you and I both have put a ball in the water over in the trees, those titles kind of disappear and then you kind of get to start just to knowing the person for who they are. That's good. And so based on that, um, it kind of continues. Like it, it's like, it's literally no formula. It just kind of flows from there. And if the person cannot get rid of that title or that shield or cape or whatever they're wearing, it may tell you this is not a, a relationship to continue this may not work you know whatever you kind of start making your decisions really by whole number four or five if you ask me so that's a, that's i a, hope i answered your question no yeah I, I mean absolutely you know i think i think at the end of the day i think it underscores the importance of continuing to play with people that you know but using that opportunity to get to know them better but i believe you also given kind of a recipe, if you will, for getting to know people that you may not know 
and learning how to build a relationship even over the course of 18 holes. And so I think that's, again, it's, it, it's important for uh, personally and it's important for, uh, for professionals. So I appreciate you elaborating on that. Sure. So golf women means business as I was able to understand it from the website really has two defined focus areas. One is business. The other is golf. As an organization, how do you drive those annually if they do exist separate from the other? And if they don't, how do you bring both of those together? Because again, you have a number of areas that golf women means business impacts, whether it's individually or it's your community engagement. Can you talk to us today about how they exist, business and golf, and, and the synergy between the two? Yeah, so golf women in business really should be considered an educational company. Mm -hmm. And golf is the vehicle of that. Um, it's it's kind of, they do coexist um, because in the, like when I was making my notes and all of that coming up with the business, the, let's just say the draft part of that was you can't do business on the golf course if you don't know what your business is. If you're unsure of where you stand in the business world, if your business acumen is weak or whatever. So if you don't, if you're not confident on the business side, you can't play business golf. Mm -hmm. That was my thought. Um, so we, and a lot of business women, you know, th that was the target market. So what mm -hmm. we did was we had networking events, bring everybody together. Everybody in the room is lost. Everybody in the room is clueless. Most people in the room have high, you know, nice uh, big titles or whatever. And women who make it to that level don't like to be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. But if most women in the room are on the same level and everybody is clueless, they're going to learn together lab together and stay together and then so we move from the business we and that and we bring them together through business topics so those networking events and those educational events would be something um, business related and they move those relationships to the golf course um so it's kind of learning learning it all together you know you're doing business and then you, you know each other you're comfortable, and so now you're comfortable to go to the golf course and start messing up together and laughing at each other, and then you go take it to the actual, well, I'm saying, I should say the range, and then you take it to the actual golf course, and you just laugh at each other, you have a good time, you talk business, and there's a, a, a nucleus or something that's formed just in that. So they kind of operate together at the same time, and yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, and that's and that's really good. So, you know, through a common denominator, which is business and and success, you've also introduced a group of professionals. In this case, a group of female professionals to the game of golf and given them the environment where they can succeed and understand the trajectory that they may be familiar with having experienced their own starting point 
in the business world and, and evolving beyond that to where they are today. So that that's that's good. Absolutely. Want to stick with that development piece. I understand that you have a business golf certification. And for me, this is an amazingly unique focus around developing professional women. Can you talk about the business golf certification and what it means? Yeah, absolutely. So it is normally um, people overthink it um, because it's uh, new or, you know, it hasn't existed before golf women mean business. And so, um, you know, it, it didn't come the PGA or an LPGA or, you know, those names and organizations didn't create it. So it confuses people. I don't know why, but it does. I mean, that's <laughs> why. But, I, you know, that whole thing is, is just how we are as humans. But um, as humans, but the certification is like any other certification. Certification tells the world that you are competent in a certain topic or subject or something. And so business golf certification is certifying business women and some people. I mean, a lot of men don't want to walk around and say they're golf certified by golf women mean business. But, um, you know, if you want to take it, fine. Uh, but it's. Letting the world know, I know how to play golf for business. I'm not ready to go on tour, for sure. Um, but I do understand the rules, the etiquette, and how to do what we call a business on the golf course. And so how we do that, it's a two-day session. Um, it used to be three. We brought it down to two, finally. Um, but we are going over rules, etiquette, and the, um, the uh, non-physical parts of golf. And then we also uh, teach how to swing the club and how to actually play golf. And then that's ended with a, a, with an assessment, um, with a written assessment and also a playing assessment. And if you pass those things, then you get to be certified. And it's not a matter of, you know, if you're going to uh, work, it's not like you have to work in your handicap and get it a certain number by a certain time frame. It's just knowing what a handicap is and um, what that means. And if you played someone and they want to use the handicap, you know, you can do that. And ultimately it's helping women get asked to play golf because a lot of people in the work world or corporate or whatever, the business world, they're not asked to play golf. They could be great golfers, but men don't look at women as golfers. If you're going out of town, you, let's say you're gonna go, you're, you say you're from Chicago, you go back home, and you're like, okay, I'm coming, you know, want to hit, want to play nine? You know, that's just natural for men. But for women, if you're going to meet the female in Chicago, your first thought isn't to go play nine holes. Your first thought is where are we going to go to lunch? Or where am I going to take her to, you know, have the discussion? And so if you have researched her on LinkedIn or her website, business card or whatever, and you see that she's a business golf certified, that's going to bring that golf conversation up it's going to help you or it's going to just make people realize i'm a female and you know i play golf so please ask me to play <laughs> you know that kind of thing so that's the thought behind it yeah the, uh, and i like that you know and i'll say one thing the the interesting thing about that for me is i am probably third maybe fourth generation golfer 
And the hilarious part or the irony of all of this is my cousin, who has her own dentistry in Chicago, is more likely to call me in Georgia and ask me, when am I coming home so we can play golf before I get the opportunity to ask her if she wants to go out and play golf. <laughs> so that, I love that though. that's the irony for me. Rare, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's rare. We don't like there are women. I've like uh, so my teachings, the certifications, and a lot of the um, uh, trainings that we do are corporate organizations. And so we'll go into corporations, and we because a lot of the teachings start in the uh, boardroom. Okay. And um, the guys, you know, some of the guys that come in, the women are in there, and some of the women know this stuff, and the guys like their mouths are like open, and they're like, "Oh, mm. I wish I had known. You could have played with us in our group. I forced them. We could have used the, you know, they love to use the women as the driver, you know, um, the tee shot. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they found out because I happened to be there teaching a class, and these are people that they see five days a week. You know, they just had no idea. So it's just helping women get the word out about themselves um, to get out and be asked to play and uh, be included in some of those conversations. So just a few follow ups, some things that I pulled out from from your response. Though the majority of the teaching is from a corporate standpoint, at least as I interpreted this, is there a remote or virtual training that females who may be listening to this outside of the Atlanta market can sign up for, register, and participate? That's the first follow-up. The second one is once the certification has been completed, is this something you encourage women to populate their LinkedIn profile with? Yeah, so the first part, um, I will say there is an online right now for individuals that want to um, register or, you know, learn golf. It is 100% online, and we call that the pre-certification. Um, you can't get the full certification until you actually do the physical side of golf. Okay. But um, for the women who want to understand the game and see what they're getting into and see if it's something that they're interested in, that is 100% online. It is a pre-certification. You can take that anytime. Now, it's still open to anyone anywhere because we have had women who have taken the pre-certification. And, I mean, who doesn't want to come to Atlanta, right? right. So they just, you know, will schedule it and they'll come to Atlanta for the weekend and um, complete the entire certification. Now, for the uh, corporate people, you know, that's a little different. They kind of the schedule is on them, so we'll go in when they say we can be there. You know, that's a whole different thing. Right. Um, and then as far as um, asking the populated, yes, as a part of the, the last day of the training, after they get their certification of um, completion, they get instructions on how to upload the information to LinkedIn. Now, we have about... Uh, we don't have a lot of women certified. We have about 75 women certified right now. Um, and what happens is funny to me because they're not confident because they really can't believe they learned all of that in a weekend. Okay. And like we tell them, this is we, we're, we're giving you the tools. You still have to practice. And a lot of women are 
nervous to put it. They come in full force, ready to go. I'm going to do this. I just want people to understand what we're doing. And they get in there, learn it, and they're afraid to tell the world because they don't feel like they're ready. Now, they could have did great during the training, but they don't feel like they're ready to go out and play with the guys. So we help you know, tell them you got to still practice. You can't just do this weekend thing and think, you know, uh, Joe is going to come out and give you a contract for $200,000 and you're going to be good to go. So it's a lot of stuff that women have to do on their own, which is, um, you know, sometimes a struggle because it's a lot of hand-holding after that point. But it's okay. We'll get there. (laughs) But, yeah, we do encourage them to upload it to their LinkedIn and put it on their website. Um, We do have a database um, that they – if let's just say you want to check the certification, you'll go to a website, put in their number, and then it'll come up to say they're certified. So yeah, it's a full certification, all there. That is really, really nice. One other aspect that I noticed about GWMB, and you more specifically, and maybe this is a part of you as a person, but there's a foundation and you are visible and impactful in a number of areas within the broader Atlanta community. I know that you're tied into the mayor as well. Can you talk about your community impact and how the foundation ties to that? Um, so when you say foundation, are you meaning the nonprofit side of us or just just the foundation of golf women being big? The the nonprofit side, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so the for profit and the nonprofit share names, of course. It's golf women mean business and then there's golf women mean business charities. And but they have two totally completely different uh, purposes. The foundation works with inner city youth and we we adopt schools so we'll we we will adopt the inner city school and we will provide them basically what they need for for a year um resources um and it's not just the students it's the teachers as well because you know we can give the students but the teachers are wore out you know they're tired right and um, so we uh provide resources and, and services to the inner city schools and youth um, that, you know, they may not have or, or you know, some other schools and, and communities may take for granted some of these inner city schools and students just don't have it. So we provide these things to them and uh, we'll provide uh, like um, actual monetary gifts to uh, some schools, depending on what they have. Like, you know, we had one school that needed to do their um, uh, what's that end of the year thing banquet. Um, so we'll donate some money to them. And another school had needed um, uh, passports for the students to go on their trip. So we bought the passports, okay. you know, things like that. So, um, you know, we, we just, we, we work with inner city students who, and it's totally opposite from what you would consider a golfer. You know, these kids may have never dreamed of playing golf. Like I remember speaking to one of the kids, uh, one of the schools, it was a, a lunchroom full of, it was probably 250 students in there. And I got in there and I was like, how many of you want to go to school to play basketball? How many of you want to play football? And how many of you want to play golf? <laughs> it was amazing how nobody, <laughs> zero kids <laughs> said golf. 
one kid raised their hand and I got excited, but they were being funny, you know? Right. So I was like, oh, okay. So the idea isn't to necessarily make them um, play golf or anything like that. It's to expose them to it. You know, mm -hmm. one day they may get a little older and say, oh, I remember golf in the mean business. What is golf about? You know, so when you're a certain age, you don't really think about things as you do as adults, but we want to kind of plant the seed and, um, you know, just make the information available and also support them at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's extremely impressive. The reason I wanted to make sure that our Tita Green listeners experience that part of Golf Women Mean Business is because I think we can all do a little bit more. I think we all have a desire to do a little bit more and whether it's someone who is going to pursue something like this on their own or collaborates through the sport, I think for recreational golfers, it becomes another opportunity for the dream to become reality because that's yes. what it is for you. And so I wanted to make sure that our Tee to Green listeners experience that part of Golf Women Mean Business and, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, as I'm sure many of them will. There is, you. you're welcome. There is one piece of yourself and Golf Women Mean Business that really is about legacy. And as I did my research, not only was I excited, but I was honored to have the okay. opportunity to, to speak to you about this. And, in Georgia, you are the architect behind, and let me make sure I'm clear because I want the listeners to understand this and appreciate it. Women's Golf Day in Georgia. Women's yes. Golf Day in Georgia. The driver behind this for all listeners is Petrina King. Talk to us about Women's Golf Day in Georgia, Petrina, as much as you can. What day is that celebrated and how is it celebrated? Sure. And I, okay, you said as much as I can. So I do have a habit of oversimplifying stuff. So if you, if you need more, just say it. Absolutely. Uh, so, but but uh, yeah, Women's Golf Day, you have the national women's golf day you know that's great all the women across the country they you know celebrate being a female golfer on one day that's great but as we know if you think about politics you have your president and you have your local politics and to me i'm very big on local um so women's golf day in georgia we're bringing georgia golfers non-golfers supporters you know businesses everything of when it comes to women's golf, you can offer women's golf golfers something, children or female golfers, just all under one, all in one place. And I want to say under one roof because we've celebrated in two different areas, but it's bringing them all together. And, you know, resources that are there, um, people come to connect and reconnect. You got your golfers that come. They may have played in a tournament, you know, at some point, haven't seen each other in a while. They come in here, get celebrated. Um, you know, they meet new people to play with. Um, it's really just a day for women golfers 
in Georgia, non-golfers in Georgia, interested golfers in Georgia to come together and celebrate. And so the first year we partnered with Club Corps and we had um, a celebration at Eagles Landing um, where women, they um, unlimited mimosas and they played nine holes and got together, had a good time. And then that night we were at the Commerce Club and um, had dinner and things like that. So that was good. And then year two and three, we were at the Georgia Capitol, the state Capitol. And um, we, you know, the governor came out and took the picture and met us and greeted us and all of that. And then um, this year, if we get out of the house, right. <laughs> we're gonna be <laughs> back at the golf course. Um, and this one will be more open to um, like, so year one was mostly for adults. Years two and three at the Capitol was open for everyone. So the kids came out. It was great. And then so this year, we're going to be back at the golf course um, at um, Heritage in Tucker. And it's going to be open for women and kids, um, pretty much everybody again. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have food, fun, you know, learn some stuff. There are some lessons there. If you don't know, if you want to play, there's an almost free round of golf. Um, you got your food. Of course, mimosas will be there. So, yeah, it's just a fun day um, for women to get together and be celebrated uh, around the, the around golf. Let's just say that. And I think the one thing that you may have missed is that okay. is that politically, this has been recognized by the state of Georgia. And so you mentioned being at the Capitol. I think the tie to that is that the state of Georgia has recognized this as an official day in the state. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you may have been issued a proclamation to officially recognize your efforts, you being the architect around this very special and unique day in the Georgia State calendar. Yes, that's correct. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cool. And it was so funny because it started with um, Governor Deal. Um, and I will never forget uh, when we walked in he was like, are these the golf women? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, surprise. You know, I don't know what he expected, but <laughs> it was hilarious. But it started with him. And yeah, so um, uh, a couple, I can tell you, Sheila Jones, Representative Sheila Jones and um, Park Cannon. Um, well, Park Cannon got it started, but Park Cannon isn't a golfer. Um, so she, uh, of course, I guess when they're, I don't really know how their jobs work. They got to get people to sign off on it and all that. And so Sheila Jones, state representative Sheila Jones is a golfer. Okay. And so she, she jumped on board. She became a member of golf women in business and she's been involved since the day she found out about it. Like, and then, so Park, you know, not a golfer, you know, it was cute for her, I guess, <laughs> but very supportive and you need that out of your state representative um but b being that sheila is a golfer she has pretty much been our go-to person from the beginning um she's been super involved we get a new proclamation every year um she sets all of that up so um she plays with us you know good lady wonderful 
Well, TD Green Community, we have had the honor today of spending time with the founder of Golf Women Mean Business, Katrina King. And throughout this episode, we have really spanned a wide range of golf impact. We've talked about early days of golf, starting at five, being competitive at seven, playing to the level of getting scholarship offers, passing those offers up, but still being engaged in the game in some cases, recreating the narrative, becoming an advocate for women in golf and leaving a legacy through golf and impacting the community. And so I think for us in the Tita Green Fairways, it has been a great, great conversation with Petrina for us all to understand that golf Golf's impact doesn't just have to be about ourselves. It can still be about ourselves and so many more. And so today, we extend our thanks to Petrina for giving her time and sharing her impact. And as we always say, from the T to Green Studios, hit it straight from T to Green. <laughs>